If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Jesse Kelly show. Let's have some more fun for another hour, Chris. What? What? Look, the first first hour was a blast. You know why? Because I was here. That's why it was a blast. And I can. You know what? The next two hours are going to be even better. I'm telling you. I can taste it. I can taste it, Chris. Now it is time for something different. Remember, by the way, if you missed the first hour or any part of the show, you can catch the whole thing on iHeart, Google, Spotify, and iTunes. All right. Now it is time for our favorite part of the week for you new listeners. Every single Monday, we do this. Every Monday at this exact time, we do this. We call it Medal of Honor Monday. There is nothing special about this. It is just something we believe in. We take a Medal of Honor citation and we read it on the air. That's it. Remember, when you, when you earn a Medal of Honor, they write you a citation. It's essentially a piece of paper saying who you are, the dates and whatnot, and what you did. And they're all free. They're all available online for free. We don't have some special access just because I'm a huge, important celebrity now. What, Chris? No, no, seriously, we don't have any special access or something. They're all available for everyone. I want to encourage you, do this yourself. Please don't give me any credit for reading the things other men did. Go do it. Steal it. I I love it. I get teachers. I got another text from one of my buddies who's a teacher over the weekend. He does it with his class now. They take a Medal of Honor citation. They read it. Do it with your kids. These are the men we should look up to. 
Your culture is simply what you incentivize and what you disincentivize. We need a lot more people like this guy. Now, we, we always take recommendations, always. So if you have one, friend, family member, just one you love, you can email that recommendation to jesse at jessekellyshow.com. And we actually got two of them for this guy. This one says, hi, Jesse. I'm a big fan of the show. As an Army veteran, I also really appreciate how you honor our heroes on Medal of Honor Monday. As I write this, Sergeant Major John Canley, a Marine who earned the Medal of Honor in Vietnam, recently passed away. This guy was a stud, so you might have already read this citation, but if not, I think it'd be fitting for a show in the near future. Thanks, and keep up the good work. Says I can use her name. Her name is Misha, or his name. Sorry if I screwed that up. Jesse, I have no connection to Sergeant Major Canley, but with Medal of Honor Monday just around the corner, I thought it'd be a good time to read his citation since he recently passed away. As far as terminology goes, I think that awarded would be the best way to do it. I wanted to throw something funny in there, but I'd just rather honor Sergeant Major Canley. Keep up the good fight. Says I can say his name. His name is Kevin. So, this is a doozy too. Without, without further ado, let's do it. Ready? Aim. Honoring those who went above and beyond. It's Medal of Honor Monday. For conspicuous gallantry and intrepidity at the risk of his life above and beyond the call of duty and action against the enemy while serving as Company Gunnery Sergeant, Company A, 1st Battalion, 1st Marines, 1st Marine Division, from the 31st of January to the 6th of February, 1968, in the Republic of Vietnam. Company A fought off multiple vicious attacks as it, as it rapidly moved along the highway towards Way City to relieve friendly forces that were surrounded by enemy forces. Despite being wounded in these engagements, Gunnery Sergeant Canley repeatedly rushed, rushed across fire-swept terrain to carry his wounded Marines to safety. After his commanding officer was severely wounded, Gunnery Sergeant Canley took command and led the company into Way City. At Way City, caught in a deadly crossfire from enemy machine gun positions, he set up a base of fire and maneuvered his platoon in a flanking attack that eliminated several enemy positions. Retaining command of the company for three days, he led attacks against multiple enemy fortified positions while routinely braving enemy fire to carry wounded Marines to safety. On the 4th of February, he led a group of Marines into an enemy-occupied building in Way City. He moved into the open to draw fire, located the enemy, eliminated the threat, and expanded the company's hold on the building room by room. Gunnery Sergeant Canley then gained position above the enemy's strong point and dropped in a large satchel charge that forced the enemy to withdraw. On the 6th of February, during a fierce firefight at a hospital compound, Gunnery Sergeant Canary Canley twice scaled a wall in full view of the enemy to carry wounded Marines to safety. By his undaunted courage, selfless sacrifice, and unwavering devotion to duty, to duty, Gunnery Sergeant Canley reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service. Back on, son. Look, it, that's one of those things, I'll tell you, I mean, I don't know, the, the direction... The direction our armed services are going now is obviously not great. I don't, need to, I, don't need to, I don't need to tell you that. You know, we talk about it enough on the show. But that's one of the things they definitely did to us. They, they practically beat it into us when we were in the Marines. They, they told us, no, in combat, people die. People in your platoon die. 
And so you have to learn how to lead very early on, and they'll make you do it. I mean, you lay, you you get in, you're 18, 19. You're barely growing stubble on your face, and they will they'll make you. No, he's dead. You're in charge. They'll do these things to us. They're the worst freaking things in the world. I would actually encourage you to do it with friends if you want a little glimpse of what it's like. They'll take your platoon. And when you think of you know combat, you think of your platoon. And you, let's say you're going to assault an enemy position. Let's say it's in a machine gun nest. And you're going to have to use fire and maneuver and whatnot to get up there. But you still go through the motions of, hey, man, my buddy Fry is going to be on my right. Campos is going to be on my left. I know my other buddy will be on the other side. Like You just, you just know what these guys are going to be doing. And you've done it 100 times. But then they'll put instructors out there that are in charge of the event. And you'll start to, you'll start taking off, and they'll have you do all the stuff you see in the movies. You're crawling under barbed wire and stuff like that, and then you'll be crawling under the barbed wire, and the guy in front of the instructor will come up and say, "Boop, he's dead." Uh, okay. So now you have to crawl around him, and then they'll they'll go to the next guy ahead of you, and they say, "He's injured. You got to get him out of here." And here you are. You're under barbed wire. They they have always have explosions and stuff going off, and now. Okay, I have to drag this guy's this guy's 180 pounds. I have to now get him out of here. And then you realize how that works because you have to call another buddy over to try to help you drag him out. And if they're really trying to make your life miserable, but this is real combat, they'll go to one of your buddies. The two of you are carrying him out and boop, they'll just touch him on the shoulder. Up, oh, he's down too. He just got taken out by a sniper. Now you're sitting there with two down buddies and you're looking across and it's just chaos as everything comes apart. And they do that to show you, one, it's chaotic. Two, brother, you got to step up and lead. And it, and it doesn't, rank doesn't matter in those times. Or whatnot. It's just, okay, uh, everyone around me is dead. I'm running things now. You, come here. You, go over there. You, shut up. You, I mean, that's just, that's what it's like. They had, uh, I don't know why I'm geeking out on this right now. We'll get back to some politics in a second. The nice guy, Joe Biden, is over. I can't wait to talk about that. We'll get to that in a second, but... They had, uh, there's a great video out there. It's hard to find. I'll see if I can find it and put it online, but it'll be hard. It, Chris, it'll even be hard for you guys to find. There was a Marine Corps battle in, well, Marine Corps and Army in Peleliu in the Pacific as part of World War II. And it was just this living hell nightmare of a battle. It's this volcanic rock island where the ground itself is like black rock. So it's super hot. It's just terrible, terrible place. And the Japanese were all dug into various caves around there. But I, I was watching one of the specials about it. I love Peleliu, or at least I love learning about it. It's just a horrible thing, so I find it fascinating. And in one of these specials, there's a Marine. He's been shot. He's still alive. They finally get four stretcher bearers to run out there in the battle and grab the guy and put him on a stretcher and haul him off. They start running away with the stretcher, and you can watch it in the video Pop! One of the dudes in the strepper, stretcher, or one of the dudes carrying the stretcher, gets drilled. Remember, I've told the story before. Gosh, I forget who it is, and now I'm mad at myself because I forget his daggone name. Because I think he might have been one of our Medal of Honor citations. It was also in the Pacific. The guy gets blown up. He gets an artillery shell lands, and it basically blinds him. He it hits him in the head so bad it blinds him, so his eyes don't work anymore. And they finally find him on the battlefield and they're hauling him off the battlefield and someone, or no, he got shot by a sniper in the head and it blinded him. It like messed up his head, didn't kill him, but it blinded him. They start hauling him off the battlefield and an artillery shell lands and pretty much kills everyone who was hauling him off and injures him again. It's just, that is these guys, 
they're special guys, man. And these are the guys we have to look up to. These are the guys we need to emulate and look up to. All right. That leads me to Joe Biden. Gosh, what a disgrace. You know what? Before we get to Joe, let's talk about men. Did that sound like a man in that Medal of Honor citation? You want your son to be that way? Ladies, you want your husband to be that way? Look, testosterone levels have been cut in half in 50 years. 50 years, testosterone levels have been cut in half. You can raise your testosterone naturally by 20% in 90 days. 20%. We cannot afford to be a country of man boobs. We can't. Go to choq.com, chalk.com, and get the male vitality stack. And listen, they have a special for you. For my listeners, use the code JESSE and you get 35% off. And I want to stress this. This is not chemical medical filth. These are natural herbal supplements. U.S. manufacturing. Go get the male vitality stack at chalk.com. C-H-O-Q.com. Use the code JESSE. We'll be back. I've got an animal inside of me. This is Jesse Kelly. You're listening to The Jesse Kelly Show. It is the Jesse Kelly show. Oh gosh, I'll tell you. I could just I I'm I'm half tempted to let it play every time, Chris. It's what, Chris? It soothes me. When you're when you're a huge celebrity like I am, Chris, you have you have all these all these people coming at you all the time. It's just part of major stardom. <laughs> it's just part of major stardom, Chris. Well, um the new uh press secretary, Jean Pierre. She is doing well so far. I don't know. She she had a great first day. How does raising taxes on corporations lower the cost of gas, the cost of a used car, the cost of food for everyday Americans? So look, I think we encourage those who have done very well, right? Especially those who care about climate change uh, to support a fair tax code that doesn't change, that doesn't charge manufacturers, workers, cops, builders, a higher percentage of their earnings, that the most fortunate people in our nation and not let that stand in the way of reducing energy costs and fighting this existential problem, if you think about that as an example, and to support basic collective bargaining rights as well, right? That's also important. But look, it is, you know, by not, if, without having a fair tax code, which is what I'm talking about, then all, every, like manufacturing <laughs> workers, cops, you know, it's not fair for them to have to pay higher taxes than the folks that, who are, who are, who are not. Today, Junior! So that didn't answer the question at all. You see, this is the problem too, and this goes well, be, well beyond the Biden administration. This is really the problem of. I guess probably us as a whole, as a country, we don't really want to be spoken to like adults anymore. Now you do, this doesn't apply to you. So I'm not talking about you personally, but as a whole, we don't really want to be spoken to as adults. We want to be told everything's okay. That's what we want to be told. I mean, 
look, before we get to the Biden stuff and emails, and, and remember, we have Brandon Strzok coming up in about 10 minutes from now, a January 6th political prisoner. We're going to get his story. Before we get to any of that, let's have, let's have a talk about inflation. It's really bad. It's going to get worse. All right, it's really bad, and it's going to get worse. I need to clarify this. This is, this is not your mommy's show. I'm just telling you, this is, it's really bad. It's going to get worse. And right now, there's nothing that can stop it. Nothing. Now, let me clarify. Joe Biden has made it worse. Everything he's done, all this spending, regulations, ridiculousness, all that has made it worse. Yes. And we can make it worse. And there's no doubt that these morons will make it worse. But inflation... Inflation came when we stopped an economy and started printing trillions of dollars, and there's nothing that can undo that now. There's just not. You, you can't, you don't ever stop your economy ever, for one, and you dang sure don't stop it and then just start chucking trillions of dollars at it. What did, what did we think was going to happen? Of course that's going to result in inflation. And now it's here. Now it's here, and, and the administration has no plan. But I'll tell you, and I know it's not that I expect them to step up and actually tell people the truth, but they're completely lost. One, because they're communists and they're insane children. Two, because nobody has the guts to give hard truths out anymore. If I was asked about inflation right now and I was the president or the White House press secretary, I would step up and I would say, uh, yeah, inflation's here. Inflation's awful. We'll do whatever we can to get it down, but it's only going to get worse from here because we printed this money and now we have to jack interest rates through the roof to try to keep hyperinflation away. And we still might end up with hyperinflation. Basically what I'm saying to you as, as president of the United States of America, president Jesse, get ready for some tough times because they're going to be tough times. And, and I mean, if you want to know where all this began, d- d- look no further. You've been basically accused of flip-flopping on your positions. Can you clarify why some of those nuanced opinions are really important? Yeah, what I can say, it's a good thing I have flip-flopped. <laughs> and the reason is because science and the evolution of this outbreak changes. If you are being true to the facts and true to the data, you're going to have to change. That's not flip-flopping. That's getting moving along with the science the way this outbreak is moving along. I'm supposed to trust the science, but the science keeps moving? I mean, how many times have you been lectured in the past two years to trust the science? Why aren't you trusting the science? Quit being a science denier. (laughs) How many times did they pull that one on us? You science denier. Hmm, Well, that's where inflation began. I do love the chutzpah. Of Fauci, Chris, I nailed that one. Quit shaking your head, Chris. I nailed that one. I do love the chutzpah of Fauci when he's asked to be served under Trump again. If Trump were to return to the White House as president, uh, would you have confidence in his ability to deal with the, the a pandemic of, of this nature? Would you want to stay on in your post? Uh, well, no, <laughs> to the second <laughs> question. Uh, the, <laughs> the first question it, Um, If if you look at the history of what the response was during the administration, I think, you know, at best you could say it wasn't optimal. 
And I think just history will, will speak for itself about that. I, I don't need to make any further comment on that, Jim. That's, it's not productive. You would not serve with, with Trump again, though. Fair to say. Right. right. Uh, what's Dr. Fauci's problem with Trump? Trump gave him the reins to the country. He made Dr. Fauci famous. What's the problem with Trump? He should be thanking Trump. Trump's the one that should have a problem with Fauci for ruining the daggone president. You know what? We're moving on here. Hello, Jesse. First, I had some thought regarding formula. I'm not criticizing mothers, she says, who use formula as I know it's a necessity sometimes. I use formula for my fourth baby. I had breast cancer and couldn't safely, or couldn't safely breastfeed. But I think it goes back to the feminist movement where mothers were told staying home and raising a family is not valuable and women should return to the workforce. It's incredibly hard breastfeeding and working full time. It's so much easier for a child to be in daycare when on formula rather than breast milk. Society has devalued motherhood and at the center of that is breastfeeding a baby. That is the way it was created and designed to be. This whole situation is so sad. And I'll read the other part of her email in a second. I I do want to make sure I stress this again, too. Um, This isn't like other shows where I tiptoe around this subject. Uh, Staying at home and caring for your children is a wonderful role for women and a mother. And the society was a whole heck of a lot better off when that was what women did instead of everyone charging out to be I am woman, hear me roar. As much as I enjoy you in the pantsuit, ladies... Feel free to hang it up and go raise the kids. We were a better country. Remember, it's not just a war on motherhood. It's a war on the American family unit. They have always known if they can destroy that, the country will be theirs. And if they can't destroy that, they won't. They've declared war on the family unit for a long time. All right. We have a political prisoner from January 6th. Next. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. 
In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Jesse Kelly Show, and joining me now is my friend Brandon Strzok, Rockway campaign founder and political prisoner in the United States of America. Brandon, let us begin at the beginning, because people don't know your story, and I want them to know, so speak like they've never heard of it before. How'd you end up in D.C.? Why were you in in D.C. on January 6th? Were you plotting a coup? Well, if you were asking Nancy Pelosi, that's probably what you would believe. Uh, Yeah, I was in D.C. on January 6th because I was asked to be a speaker at an event that was happening at the Capitol. I was one of three or four dozen people that were asked to speak. It was supposed to be a big event on the stage. And as I was approaching the Capitol grounds, I started getting messages from people who were at home watching on television telling me that they were hearing that people were going inside the building. And as I was, you know, I was approaching from the east side where all the people, you know, when you see people smashing windows and scaling walls and struggling with police officers, that was all happening on the west side of the building. It wasn't happening on the side of the building I was on. But I started shooting a video when people were telling me that. And I walked up to the east side Capitol steps and the doors were open. They were wide open. People were walking inside. I stood there for eight minutes filming. And then after about eight minutes, uh, a man came outside of the building and got on a bullhorn and said, they cleared Congress, everybody went home, everybody clear out, and I cleared out. And I uploaded the video I'd shot to Twitter, and two and a half weeks later, the FBI raided my home, put me in handcuffs, and put me in jail. Okay, let's pause real quick. 
FBI raided your home. Uh, now, I, I've we've hung out a few times. You don't strike me as a, a particularly violent individual. What, when and how? The, walk me through the raiding of your home. Yeah, so on Monday, May 25th, uh, I woke up at the crack of dawn to the sound of pounding on my door. <clears throat> I knew immediately what was going on because all we had been reading for two and a half weeks in the news were about these FBI raids that were happening on various people who had either you know been on the grounds or gone inside the Capitol. And uh, so I knew from the sound of the pounding what was going on. And I ran to the door and I opened it. And within about within 60 seconds, I was turned around and cuffed. And I was presented with a search warrant. There were a team of, I'd say, eight or nine agents in tactical gear with weapons uh, they told me that they were going to be uh, searching and seizing my property, and they told me that they were taking me to jail and that I was facing multiple felony charges for what I did on January 6th. Now, to be clear, I never went inside the building. I didn't get within 35 feet of going inside of the building. I didn't touch anybody. I didn't steal anything. I didn't break anything. I didn't do any damage or destruction. So I was pretty shocked by what was being told to me. Guys in tack gear like they're taking down a drug dealer. Okay, Brandon, from there, they haul you off. Where'd we go from there? Well, they took me to jail. I spent two and a half days sitting in a jail cell before I was able to see a judge. Uh, the judge ordered my release. Uh, it was actually like being in the twilight zone because after what I had just experienced with the FBI and the way that I was apprehended, it was very odd to be in a court uh, with a prosecutor from the United States government very jovially saying, we know Mr. Strzok didn't go inside the building, and we know Mr. Strzok didn't engage in any violence or vandalism or theft or destruction, so we're actually not going to be fighting for Mr. Strzok's detention pending his uh, trial. And I thought, well, wow, this seems like a very different attitude than I experienced several days ago when you guys dragged me off and threw me in a cell but what I learned ultimately at that point was that I was being charged with uh, a felony. Now, this is very interesting because as far as I know, I am the only person of the hundreds of J6 defendants who was charged with a felony of occupying restricted grounds, uh, that most people are getting a misdemeanor charge of occupying restricted grounds or parading inside of a building. Now, again, I didn't go inside the building. But they charged me with a felony of being on restricted ground, and they charged me with another felony that they called impeding an officer in the line of duty. And I was absolutely dumbfounded by this because I was going, I didn't even see any police officers. What, what are they talking about? And it was explained to me that there's a moment in the video that I shot where one Capitol Police officer comes to the door frame of the open doors on the east side, and when he gets there, somebody grabs his plastic shield out of his hand and then you hear now mind you i'm surrounded by literally thousands of people and you hear several voices from the crowd shouting take it take it take his shield take his shield well the fbi says that they know conclusively that one of those voices is mine and so they're saying mr strock said take it take it and they charged me with a felony for allegedly saying mm -hmm. the words take it take it uh which uh, I just want to be very clear. I would never encourage an attack on an officer in any way, shape, or form in any scenario. Brandon, Jesus, it's just it's beyond belief. Okay, where does it stand now? Are you free and clear? What's what's going on? And what's been the fallout of this for your life? 
Well, so am I free and clear is a tough question to answer because, yes, my case is technically mostly resolved. I ended up pleading guilty to a misdemeanor. Uh, they dropped the felony charges against me. They, in exchange, they said, uh, you'll, to, to drop the felonies, you have to plead guilty to a misdemeanor of disorderly conduct on capital grounds and sign the government written statement of offense. Uh, the government written statement of offense says that I went on the grounds knowing they were restricted, uh, that I had an intention to disrupt Congress, that when I got to the east side capital steps, I saw a police officer uh, being struggling with somebody in the crowd and that I shouted, take the shield, take the shield to encourage the crowd to take the shield from the officer, that I was encouraging people to go inside the Capitol. This was all written by the government and I signed it. So that is now the narrative that you'll read in every newspaper when you Google my name. And because of this narrative, uh, within months of me, uh, just, just months of me getting out of jail, I mean, this was even before I pled guilty or anything, I, was, I had my legal defense fund shut down. I was per- permanently banned by PayPal, Venmo, Stripe, Patreon. I was banned by my email services, Constant Contact, and MailChimp. Uh, my organizations, Walkaway Foundation and Walkaway Campaign Pack, we had our do- donor pools banned, so we were no longer able to take donations, and we couldn't email our base. Um, it, it, it's an annihilation. I mean, it's been an absolute annihilation of my life, not to mention the fact that, I, I, to be honest with you, I'm shocked that I haven't lost my social media accounts. Uh, I'm still on Twitter. I'm still on Facebook. I'm on Getter to Social but I mean, my my Twitter reach and my Facebook reach are a fifth of what they once were. I, I do. I know everyone thinks they're suppressed, but I think that the J6 situation probably gave them justification to say, let's make sure this guy can't reach anybody with this account. So it, it, it's been horrible. I mean, it, uh, indescribably horrible. Good grief. Brandon, appreciate you coming on and telling us all what you've been through. I wish you only the best, my man. Come back soon. Hey, can I tell you one more thing before we Please jump do. off? I'm in Los Angeles right now. We are coming back. Despite everything, Walkway's coming back. This Saturday in Beverly Hills, 2 p.m., Walkway's throwing our first live event in a year and a half. I'd love everybody in the Los Angeles area to come out. All they have to do is go to walkawaycampaign.com, click on events, and find out. Please, everybody, let's show the DOJ and the, the Biden regime that they did not win in their quest to take down Walkaway. Come out 2 o'clock this Saturday, Beverly Hills. Go to walkawaycampaign.com. Click events. Walkawaycampaign.com. Walkawaycampaign.com. Brandon, wish you the best, my man. Thank you. Good talking with you. How about that? You know what the most startling part about that is? Because, look, law enforcement, they talk about how to take somebody down. And who and, and, and you, you send who you send based on who you're dealing with. They sent guys in SWAT gear, eight of them, to the house of somebody who's never committed a crime. That's government intimidation at its finest. And then made him plead down to a misdemeanor. Just disgusting. All right. Let's get to some emails and some more fun. Hang on. He doesn't care if you believe him. But he's right. Jesse Kelly. It is the Jesse Kelly Show. Hey, look at the headline. But This is from 2021, May of 2021. Biden is prioritizing billions of COVID funds by race and gender. Is that constitutional? Uh, one, 
set constitutional aside, that's that's racism. You can't you can't do that. All right, by by any measure, that's racism. So if there's this growing feeling out there amongst white people that this administration and the federal government in general and really our culture as a whole is against them, you can hardly blame them, right? You can hardly blame them. Anyone with eyes can see. And let's set that stuff aside because we're going to get to emails. You know what? I decided I'm going to take some phone calls tonight. Now, let me clarify once again. I don't take many calls. I'm going to take some tonight. Don't make me regret it. Remember, no small talk. No, hi, how are you? I'm not going to thank you for the call. Get right to your point. 877-377-4373. Get to the second part of this email, and then I'm going to get back to a couple things. I'm running for school board in Western New York. There are 11 candidates for four open slots, the most they have had running in quite some time and possibly ever. That's wonderful. I'm a Christian mother of four, and I'm appalled by what's going on in the schools now. After, after the learning loss from COVID school closures and online learning, our district has done little to help our students. I just heard that other people are enraged that I'm promoting parents' rights, and they're spreading gross accusations that I want to ban books. I simply want pornography out of the curriculum. I don't understand how to move forward with people like this. Why are they so intent on destroying our schools? And she says, I prefer to remain anonymous. And this is going to be something you might struggle with going forward, especially women. The women listening to this show are going to struggle with this, but a lot of men are going to struggle with this too. You don't want to live in a world where you're having to fight a vicious wolf every single day. That's not what you want. What do we all want? I mean, the normal people, normal human beings listen to this show. I'm not talking about the circus freaks, normal people. What have you wanted? What do you want out of life? You want a a good husband, good wife. You want to raise happy, healthy kids who end up being productive adults. You want to live in, it doesn't have to be a mansion, but it could be. You want to live in a, a nice house, have a car that doesn't break down on you every day. Look, you want to be able to take the old lady out to Red Lobster on Friday night if you're in the mood for something nice. You want to have, we all want the same basic things. And we're going from that, you, me, all of us, we're going from that as that being, you know, your American dream, my American dream. That's what we want. We're going from that uh, into a different world, into a world they have occupied for years a world where they wake up every day and they don't think about kids and wife and husband and white picket fences and red lobster. They wake up every single day and they have a goal to burn everything good and decent to ash. And when you go from your world into their world, it's a culture shock. Man, I've done it, lady. I've run for office. Remember, I ran for Congress twice. And I was okay with it. I was just used to a lot of that. But these people are vicious, vile monsters. They are. And that is as we begin to wade in and become activists, and we should run for school board, lady, and win. But as we begin to become activists like that, we have to accept politics is a contact sport, and we have to accept what we're up against. They're lying about you? Of course they're lying about you. 
They hate you. They're not they're they're never going to stop lying about you. They're going to call you terrible things. They're going to accuse you of terrible things. That's what happens when you get in the mud with pigs. That's what we have to do now. There's not there's not a clean, nice, honest way to get out of this successfully. We are going into a cultural war. And because we are going into a cultural war, there are going to be casualties. Might be your reputation. Might be. Might be. I remember when I uh, lost my run for Congress, my first one, that was the one I almost won. I was like 4,000 votes. They had to recount it for a week. But I lost my run for Congress, and I lost uh, because Gabrielle Gifford, she was my opponent. This is a few weeks before she got shot. She took an interview I'd done on TV and she cut it up in a really, a really deceitful way and made it look like I was going to take away Social Security for old people. You can still see it. I think it's on YouTube, whatever. You can go watch it if you want. It's right there. But I remember I remember having old people, Republicans, they would stop me. I'd be at, you know, I'd be at Home Depot. I'd be out getting some chicken fried steak or something like that. And I would have people who were supposed to be on my side stop me and say, I could never vote for you. You're trying to take away my Social Security. And, you know... When that happens, you have moments where you think to yourself, these people believe outright lies about me. How? What a dirty business. But that's the business. That's what it is. We still have to risk those casualties in order to go in and fight for our country, right? All right. We still have to get to... Uh, there's a nice little montage out there about inflation. And nice guy Joe Biden. We're going to talk about nice guy Joe Biden. Let's talk about your personal safety, though, first, because I realize there's actually a couple shootings, one in California, one in New York, all over the news. And people, when they wake up and see this kind of news, they start thinking about protecting themselves. Get yourself and the people you love a hero gun. It is a non-lethal gun. It shoots pepper balls 100 miles per hour. When they hit, they explode, and then the real pain starts. Oh, he won't die, but he'll be miserable, and your life will be saved. This thing has saved lives. Anyone can use it. It's just about the size of a cell phone. You don't need a concealed carry permit for it. It's got a laser sight, point and squeeze, point and squeeze. Even your crazy aunt who hates guns, she can use a hero gun. She can. Go save someone's life, someone you love. Go to Hero2020.com and use the code JESSE because that gets you a special discount. Hero2020.com code JESSE. State restrictions may apply. And remember, we're going to do phone calls tonight. I know it's a rarity. Remember to keep the small talk at a minimum. It's a rarity. But jesse at jessekellyshow.com is the email address. Tonight, you can have the phone number. 877-377-4373. 877-377-4373. This guy says, Jesse, you're the first radio guy who sees it the way I do, and you have it right. He's talking about mass shooters. He said, these clowns do this to be famous, as sick as that is. Give these losers no notoriety. Says I can mention his name so he can be famous too. His name is Randy. Look, that's why I don't do... I mean, it's two reasons why I don't do mass shooting radio. I never have. I never will. One, you don't stand on warm bodies so you have good content for a radio show. And two, stop making these guys famous. Ignore them. Freeze them out so these things stop happening. All right. 
Let's have some fun, some phone calls, and Mr. Nice Guy, Joe Biden. Hang on. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.